Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. Jasmine Sliger is the founder of JSA International Communications. She is a multilingual, cross-cultural, organisational psychologist with a Master's in Clinical Psychology from Antioch University in the US with extensive postgraduate work in organisational psychology. Jasmine was born in New York, grew up in Canada and in the USA, her family for generations being from Colombia, South America. She married an Australian and has made her home here since 1986. In her 30-plus year career, she's worked in prisons, hospitals, schools. She's consulted to some of Australia's biggest companies, lectured and mentored health professionals and provided counselling services to children, couples and families. Now, Jasmine is currently the Director of People and Organisation Development at NetStrata and is responsible for the establishment of a strategic human resources department for this strata management company, which is growing substantially and has been so for the last 20 years. Today, I am delighted to welcome Jasmine Sliger. Welcome, Jasmine. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And I want to say hello to all my strata managers, particularly my Asian strata managers. So hello, everybody. (laughs) Excellent. I know that we do have uh, lots of loyal supporters, particularly from NetStrata, I have to say. Uh, So special hello to the NetStrata managers. Now, Jasmine, with your, as we've just heard, your extensive experience in psychology and combining that with your recent experience working with NetStrata, I thought that you would be the perfect person to talk to about the mental health and well-being of strata managers. So that's what we're here to have a chat about today. It's a topic that uh, actually a couple of managers have asked me to address on the show, and I think it's an absolute privilege to have you and your expertise with us here today. So thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. My pleasure. So I want to start by asking you, Jasmine, why is it so critical for strata managers in particular to value and to protect their mental health and their well-being? I think one of the things that um, strata managers need to do is have balance in order to last. I always talk about people taking care of themselves exquisitely. And by that, I mean having really decent boundaries around their jobs. We have so many challenges at the strata management level, uh, regularly putting long hours, working intensely, meeting the, the demands of the business. Remember, NetStrata is a multi-stream company, so we all feed off each other, undertaking certainly business-related activities, such as responding to business emails, which could be up to 1,000 a day. I'm sure it's going to be much more than that, particularly after hours but also going to business functions. So you're stretched every which way. And at some point you have to be able to really focus on your, on your not only stress management, but focus on your emotional intelligence to make sure that you are, you have, as I would say, both oars in the water in the sense that you have a real 
clear self-awareness about yourself. Some people say, oh, yes, I'm very self-aware. But in actuality, self-awareness, the clarity of self-awareness comes with what you think about in your head. So I'll use the example of, um, of a strata manager who doesn't want to return a call and an email and maybe a little of what I would call behavior that is avoidant. Mm-hmm. I don't want to look at it because it's, too, it's Thursday. Maybe I'll look at it at Monday. And before you know it, Monday is crisis point. So being able to be self-aware, being able to negotiate with yourself and say, no, I'm going to answer this email. And then I'm going to liaise with one of my buddies in terms of the stress of it. And let me just talk through. Mm. There is so much in what you just said there, Jasmine. And I want to dig into, uh, you've identified the incredibly demanding role uh, that strata managers have. And I've said it before on the podcast, strata managers uh, are my heroes, really. And I got to tell you, I, I wouldn't be doing the job for quids. There is so much on a strata manager's plate and so much that they have thrown at them every day. And uh, you mentioned there a thousand plus emails a day. That is just incredibly overwhelming and the challenges that then come with that. How do you think that impacts you? We also said the word longevity. How do you think just the nature of the job impacts the longevity or otherwise of strata managers? Look, I I really think it depends on personality. Mm. Uh, Some people are able to not avoid. So they deal with it, move on. Deal with it, move on. And before you know it, they don't allow things to build up. And so because they don't allow things to build up, Amanda, they're more resilient. They're more mindful of if I avoid that, I'm going to be in big trouble. And, you know, it reminds me of a client I had, a banking client that I was coaching many years ago, because I've done a lot of work across uh, many industries, insurance, finance, IT. And I remember coaching a banking person who hadn't opened their mail in like six months and all of a sudden the electricity was turned off and they came to me and they were scared to death amanda to open and i said put it all in a bag bring it here and we'll unpack it and at the end of the session because it was a two-hour session when we looked at all the stuff that she was afraid of it was really not that bad Mm. But her fear was bigger than the actual event. Yes. I find that avoidant behavior really interesting and kind of a a form of self-sabotage, if you like. It happens to me too. There is always that one task or more, that particular file, that particular client, and you think, I must do it, I must do it. And there is no rational reason why you're not doing it. Uh, You know, it's not that you haven't got around to it. It's just something inside you that says, I just don't want to deal with this right now. And I think for me, at least recognizing that that feeling is there, being able to acknowledge it say, hi, yeah, feeling, I know you're there. I I know I feel this way, but this is not real. And this is something that once I start, if I just take that one step, like you said, with your, your client who just opened that first piece of mail and suddenly you're running down the hill. You're on that downhill slope and you think, gosh, why did I leave this so long? This is easy. This is not a big problem. Yes. And that's what I love about what you're saying is that accurate self-awareness, acknowledging that you have the feeling as opposed to pushing it down. Because the more you push it down, the more it's going to come up. So really important to acknowledge the feeling and maybe make 
a negotiation with yourself. Okay, this is a difficult report. I'm going to work on this for another 15 minutes. Then I'm going to go for a walk around the block. Yes. Uh, and for which we encourage our strata managers to walk around the block. Many of them go running, some go swimming, some go to um, early morning gym. And of course, we know that people that do exercise first thing in the morning, by the way, it's not for everybody, but if they can, if you can do it first thing in the morning, it's a really good practice because you're in a way insulating yourself from the craziness that will happen during the day, from the dramas, from the chaos, from somebody in the room being with you in a bad mood, uh, insulate you from a lot of things. Mm, yeah, I know I do enjoy uh, exercise first thing in the morning if I can manage to fit it in. What do you feel about the uh, concept, if you like, of tackling those hard tasks first, first thing in the morning? That's something I've heard suggested. I think that's really good. And I think it's also, at Netstrata, we also have a lot of mentally healthy workplace techniques. So we provide meditation at 1230. We also have a very strong employee assistance program. We have coaching. We have training. So I get people to actually encourage them to work on the hard bits in the morning, then have that little meditation break or going for a walk around the block or going to lunch with a buddy but treating themselves so that's a really big one for us so uh, I really think that the more you avoid and you get into that pattern of behavior the more you're going to be worried you know sometimes when you're writing something like an email I know for myself sometimes I can sound like Attila the Hun. <laughs> Me too, don't worry. <laughs> so I might get people to have a little look at my emails to make sure they're user-friendly enough. And you can't do that all the time, but anybody that has English as a second language, it's really important to kind of write down what you want to say, say it out loud, because as you say it out loud to your ears, it'll sound either okay or horrible. And then kind of regroup and send the email. Mm, nice that tip. takes time. But uh, I also think that in order to be, the word is facile in the English language, to mm -hmm. have agility, mm -hmm. uh, make sure you have a lot of vo good vocabulary words uh, that you can put into your emails that are soothing. If I, if I could, and I never thought of this, but this is a great idea. If I could come up with 100 descriptor words that are really good for strata management clients to see. Yes. Like our care for you or our concern is, or it might be best to. Yes. You thought about, you know, uh, something that it, really brings them in and really makes them feel like you're really listening. Mm, I love that. Well, I'll look out for that uh, glossary that you're going to put together, Jasmine. Please do. What, what I'm hearing from you is that uh, strata managers who are equipped with things that don't necessarily sound too complex, we're not talking about really complex skills here, but being equipped with some very uh, practical tools when it comes to writing emails, when it comes to communicating with what is what are often difficult, frustrated, uh, perhaps angry, maybe rude people. If you've got those tools in your kit, you're going
going to be able to step through your day more confidently, more smoothly and overall uh, more happily. Yes. And I, and I think that also it's really important for you not to tolerate excessive abuse. So if you find, and certainly as a psychologist, I've had many a father or concerned relative or partner call me up and say, why did you tell him this? And why did you, Mm. you know, really cranky. And, and then they start getting into abuse. I say things like, I'm really sorry, but if you yell at me on the phone, I can't hear you. Or I'll say, look, I'm more than happy to talk to you. How about if I call you in 10 minutes, mm. give each other a break, mm. and I'll call you back, and maybe we can start again. Good tip. Yeah, I, I think it's really important not to sustain. In psychology, we sustain a lot of injury from people, people that are angry. And it's not necessarily toward us, but angry at their situation, yes. angry with their boss, or angry with the board, or angry with somebody. Mm. It's really important not to have that stick to you. Yes. Do you find that women more so than men are more inclined to uh, let that stick to them and to perhaps uh, put up with or feel that they should put up with that kind of behavior? Yes, we do as women take it more because we're nurturers. And so as nurturers, and I I know that sounds like a gross generalization, uh, but we do nurture. We're mothers, we're sisters, we're daughters. And how many Australian families have I dealt with where the boys in the family didn't have to take care of mom and dad? Taking care of mom and dad, even though the daughter was at home or the daughter was working, it didn't matter. She was to make space for that. And I think there is that impression that we, we tolerate a lot of crap. Don't think you necessarily call out the crap to the client. You really empathize, but you really have, and I do have a set when I started, a set of statements that I would say when people were really rubbing me up the wrong way. Mm. Like, I'm really sorry, I can't, I can't hear you if you're only yelling at me. Mm. And then I'll have a long pause. You know, we do that. I'm also a mediator. So we do that in mediation. We have those long pauses which really slows things right down, which is what happens. Because, of course, when people are really agitated, they are what we call flooded. So they're not thinking, yes, but I paid you the levy, and I this you, and I that you, and, and you know, they're not thinking. Mm. I think people presume, the strata managers presume, the person on the other end of the, of the line actually knows what they're doing. <laughs> Because sometimes they're so flooded, they really are not in touch with how abusive they really are. Standing. Mm. Yeah, I think pauses can be really, really powerful, as you say, Jasmine, when somebody else is just so agitated. Uh, And even when you're agitated yourself and you can sort of feel your own blood pressure rising and your heart rate's going fast, sometimes just stopping, taking that breath. And if you are uncomfortable with silence, say you're on the telephone and you think it's a bit weird to be quiet, um, something that I often say is, I'm quiet because I'm thinking or I'm quiet because I'm listening. I've heard you. And I'm just quiet right now because I'm thinking about what you've said. 
And that's why culture, Amanda, in a strata management firm, the culture is really critical. To have a positive workplace culture where it's mentally healthy, where we're all chipping in, where, you know, so-and-so just had a bad phone call, or certainly I've seen some strata managers, and by the way, we lose buildings very rarely, but when we do, it really touches my heart to see the strata manager get into a complete funk, like he has let down the company, or she's let down the company. And it's just something that happens. It can be completely out of your control, but it's important to really um, take care of yourself because, and, and I often counsel or have a chat with people that have lost buildings because even our highest performers feel it, feel a sense of guilt and a sense of letting down the company or letting down themselves because they're doing so well in the company. Mm. On that point about culture, um, Jasmine, you're having worked with NetStrata for I think almost um, 12 months now and I think doing a lot of work there in terms of developing the human resources side and no doubt touching on the culture, getting involved, making some changes. Um, how do strata management companies who, who want to improve in that area, where do they start? How do they take a look at their culture and start making those important changes? Peter Drucker, who's a very famous management guru, said culture eats strategy. So culture is the basis, is the most important thing in the business. Because if you don't have a culture where you're taking care of your people and you're also challenging them at the same time, and you're also following through on behaviors that are not helpful for them, certainly not for the company, but really for them. So that culture in terms of, you know, the vision, the values, values-based cultures whose behaviors are driven by values are the companies that really make it and really excel. And what about a strata manager who finds himself in a company that just is not interested in investing in culture? You know, they don't feel like they are valued, that the company has the kind of uh, values and, and mission and vision that they would see for themselves and for their clients. Uh, how can, or can I suppose is the question, a strata manager change a company from within or is it just time for them to accept that's how it is and move on? I think excessive long-term stress for strata managers will assist your people to walk out the door. Now, what we do know is strata managers are like people that have their own businesses. And sometimes they're really good at their own business and sometimes they need tweaking. But if you don't care for your people and you're not sincere and authentic, they will leave. Mm. We might have some managers listening, Jasmine, who have picked up this episode because they've seen it's about health and well-being and they're feeling a little bit like they're lacking in that area and it's time for a change. What would you suggest some uh, action steps they can take today, some quick wins they can get on the board to improve their mental health in particular and their well-being in the job? Number one is self-care. Take care of yourself and everything else will flow. Number two, if you do have a mental health condition of some kind, whether you suffer from, from uh, reactive depression or whatever it is, 
take care of them. Make sure you're honoring yourself by taking care of your stress levels, making sure you have breaks, making sure that you really, you know, if you need to take medication, make sure that you're taking medication. I think that you have to really look at assessing whether the environment that you're in is really too much. Maybe you have to look at going to another related industry. You know, we've spent a lot of time with career development at NetStrata. So some of our guys want to be barristers in strata management. <laughs> some want to be, um, you know, some are really interested in training. And so we always get people to be really aware of what their career aspirations are. Because if somebody wants to take a course, for example, in in setting up apps, we have a guy who really loves IT and he's really like to know how to put together an app, then we might send him on a course. But we see this as ourselves taking care of the employee and also being aware that the employee has a career. And with this, I have to say, remember, people have two to three careers in their lifetime. Yeah. And and perhaps that comes back to that self-awareness and sitting down and checking in with yourself and saying, okay, where am I at now? Uh, where do I want to be? Where would I prefer to be? And setting some goals and maybe a plan. So, you know, if I still feel like this in six months time, then I'm going to reassess and I'm going to accept that maybe things aren't working out where I am and I'm going to move on to another option. But having the self-awareness to have that conversation with yourself, that's a real key, I think. Yes. And I think once you have the conversation with yourself, you then sit with a professional and you allow that professional to give you ideas. I mean, I've had guys that come into me as in a coaching situation who who were uh, general practitioners who said to me, what I've always wanted to do is be CEO of an IT firm. And he knows everything about IT. And I say, okay, well, let's see how you can transition into that. You're not going to be an I CEO tomorrow, even though you have degrees. It's irrelevant. So it's really sitting with a professional that has you in mind. Yep. Very good tip. To a friend or a, a parent. Yeah. Now, Jasmine, we could talk about this all day. This is such a, a deep topic and I would love to have you back to dig in to this a little bit more, but I'm very mindful of our limited time together and I want to make sure I get in the book question. What books have had the greatest impact on you and why? Okay, books. I think books where I can actually see a real human person change their life. Yeah. Certainly, I could look at uh, Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. Mm -hmm. Viktor Frankl was a psychiatrist who, who survived the Nazi regime, and he was the only one in his family and friends that survived. And he asked himself the question, why did I survive? So these books, I think, are really important. Another one that I think is really important is um, Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brandon. It looks at self-esteem and it looks at, you know, your purpose for living, how you, you know, how you get accurate self-awareness. A lot of my clients have given me feedback that that was also a good book. Another good book has been the Scott Peck book, which is, uh, I can't remember the title, 
But you know what? I'm happy to send you some books. Yeah, absolutely. Some titles because there's so many different books. I'm a big reader, so I yeah. love reading. Yeah, please. If you're a strata manager and you have no time to read, download the audiobook, Going for a Walk Around the Block, and see how inspired you will be. So a lot of my Harvard Business Review podcasts on leadership, on um, particularly I deal a little bit with sales in terms of, of supporting people in a sales environment. You know, how can I take care of them better? Mm. Take care of strata managers better. So these are the kind of interests that I have. Excellent. I would love to have your book list with strata managers, particularly in mind, Jasmine. I'll make sure that there is a, uh, a list of those in the show notes for this episode. That will be an absolute treat. Now we do need to wrap up, but before we do, let us know, Jasmine, how our listeners can find out more about you and if there's anything you'd like to add. Um, I guess you can find me on uh, my website is jsa-intl.com.au. A lot of people call me up and they want to pick my brain. And if you're a strata manager and English is your second or third language, I'm absolutely happy to, to assist. I really have to say I love strata managers and love how important they are to our community and how unrecognized they go. So I really appreciate uh, strata managers and really anybody attached with strata managers because I, I look at one person in admin that met strata who was so into quality, it's exciting and she's so conscientious and I have so much respect for her. And she's an ex-strata manager. So I really love strata managers. I'm happy to send you a list. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, Jasmine. We've been very lucky to, uh, to be able to snap you up. And I do hope that we can chat together again soon. Of course. Thank you very much. See Thank you. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? today?